Welcome back to the Prepared Mindset Podcast. I'm your host, Austin, back with another episode for you guys. Before I jump into all that, I want to make sure we thank our sponsors, EclipseHolsters.com. Anything you guys need, holster, mag carrier, wallet, uh, dump tray, t-shirt, EDC belt, uh, more. They're always adding new stuff. Guys, head over to EclipseHolsters.com. Let Jess and her team hook you up with some new gear. Make sure you're carrying in something that's a quality-made and reliable Kydex holster. If you're still rocking, God forbid, that that terrible, just like that Uncle Mike's nylon crap because you just didn't have money for anything else or, or leather even, um, guys, get into this Kydex, man. Uh, it, it's going to last you way longer, and it's definitely way safer. Uh, there's literally hundreds of industry leading experts that say so they got all kinds of designs you know colors whatever you need whatever you want to carry with to express your yourself head over there check them out you guys spend over 60 bucks you're gonna get free shipping if you use our discount code prepared one five you're gonna save 15 percent off your order and they guarantee it's gonna be in the mail on its way to you in under three business days which is tip top can't beat it also, big shout out to MyMedic.com. Whatever you guys need to grab uh, for your next outdoor adventure, right? Maybe it's just a regular uh, bandage kit because you're going hiking. Maybe you want something a little bit more in-depth because you're going on a one-week camping trip or a family vacation camping and you just you don't know, right? Maybe, maybe you're coaching some youth league sports. You want to have something just in case <laughs> something should go wrong. I mean, they are children. It does happen. Head over to MyMedic, use our discount code MINDSET20, pick up one of their MyFact kits. Uh, they got you covered no matter what can, what, what, what may happen, what uh, what contingency. That's uh, MyMedic.com. Big shout out to both of our sponsors. Now, jumping into things this week, I want to talk about the ATF. More specifically, kind of what we've been seeing um, with this, well, I want to say new, because it's not new. We, this revived um, assault on pistol braces. So for those of you who don't know, <clears throat> there is uh, there are products out there. They function very similar to a stock on a rifle. Okay. What they were designed to do when they were first introduced to market was actually to assist uh, a disabled veteran or disabled veterans right, with firing an AR platform or AR style weapon um, by essentially giving a slip that you can you can slide your forearm through and break and, and there's like a Velcro strap that goes around the bottom of your forearm and basically ties the buffer tube of the rifle right around your forearm making a stabilizing brace and then you can shoot this shorter you know I, I imagine the barrel is shorter uh, shorter barreled AR platform weapon much like you would with a regular handgun or regular pistol grip where you don't need to, sh- you know, try and shoulder it um, or, or use your body to absorb the recoil more than just your, your arms and your, your two hands. Okay. It's not really the, the newest, uh, the newest thing out there. There's been a lot of iterations on it. Um, but what's happening is it seems like every time we have a democratic president in office, the ATF comes back around trying to, you know, erode away at uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, and r- right now, I guess the flavor of the week, the talk of the town, whatever you want to call it, is pistol braces. 
essentially saying that you need to, now they come out with this sort of uh, check sheet or bingo sheet or checklist, whatever you want to call it, saying if, you're, if your AR pistol has a certain number of features, you get certain points for certain features, um, if any of it totals up to, I think they said like four or more points, then it is legal for you to have this brace on your AR and you're a felon, essentially. And your options are to take it off or to pay $200 uh, and submit a tax stamp to the ATF via the National Firearms Act, um, which could take anywhere from three to nine months for them to get back on just the approval for it. And then you have to go take your lower receiver to uh, a machine shop, a gunsmith, someplace that does machining work to have the lower receiver engraved with your serial number. Uh, because now it's not a pistol anymore, it's an SBR. And you get people that ask, you know, why does that matter? Why do, why, you know, okay, just do the SBR. What's the benefit? I mean, it's just a brace, right? You would think you just want a stock, which I mean, conventional thinking does tell us that having a stock is more beneficial. It's a solid um, platform to, to shoulder, to shoot from, and, and you would be right. Um, but we get into the legality of this, right? The loopholes, and I don't even want to use the word loopholes because it's, it's not really a loophole. It's functioning within the guidelines of the law and then people getting butthurt over it because we found a way to use it to our advantage. So anything that's under a 26 inches overall length is that's, that's our, whatever, for whatever reason, that's our meter stick, right? That's our measuring point with AR platform weapons <clears throat> and accessories and things is the 26 inches of overall length. And to be more precise, if you remove the flash hider, so you're talking about the th just the threads on the end of the barrel of the rifle to the end of the buffer tube, not the end of the stock when it's fully extended, not the end of the stock when it's fully compressed. Take the stock off, take your flash hider off or whatever you got from tip of the threads to the end of the buffer tube that has to be at least 26 inches. Otherwise, your AR rifle uh, becomes an OAW, sorry, AOW, any other weapon, which falls into some weird gray areas and then you can't put things like uh, a vertical foregrip on the front of it okay um, and you have to get registered as an SBR you know there's all kinds of legalities that we fall into what we're what we saw with pistol braces is a lot of AR owners wanted to own uh, shorter barreled platforms but did not want to pay the tax stamp um, so because these braces were available and it technically as defined previously by the ATF made these firearms made them not rifles it made them pistols because with the brace they were meant to be fired with a pistol grip they are AR pistols so they fall into pistol rules meaning you can technically if you found a way I guess conceal carry because it is a pistol you can carry it loaded in a vehicle because it is a pistol pistols do not have uh, length requirements on their barrels, which is how now you're starting to see people without doing the tax stamp via the National Firearms Act and the $200 and the waiting period and all the bullshit, right? A lot of these, a lot of AR owners, um, present company included, were able to get weapon platforms with a 10 and a half inch barrel, 11 and a half inch barrel, basically anything under the 16 inch variety. Um, and it, it basically means you don't have to work around that 26 inch overall uh, length rule uh, as it pertains to it being a rifle versus it being a pistol. You still can't unless 
and here's and here's why a lot of people like just we lose track of these rules it's so there's a lot of ifs this then that ifs and buts whatever it was under 26 inches overall length same measurements you still can't have a vertical foregrip on it you can have an angled grip but apparently having a vertical grip is still illegal if it's under the 26 inches overall length that doesn't make it a rifle it makes it the any other weapon it's really really kind it's it's confusing is what it is um and i think perp it's done purposely i think it's done that way to discourage um new gun owners from going down this avenue going down this route into platforms and uh, weapon types whatever you want to say that the government the atf doesn't want uh, citizens having and it's not because it makes it any more deadly like let's be like crystal clear about that up front it doesn't make them any more deadly. It doesn't make them any more accurate. If you actually look at the data, which 90% of what people see and read here, whatever, on, on mainstream media, they won't look into this. They will hear this. They'll say, yep, that's more dangerous because it's smaller and you can hide it under a coat or in a backpack or something, which, I mean, some of these, yeah, you can fold up and make, put them in a backpack, but it, it, it's so dangerous and so deadly and nobody needs to have access to that. Well, short of the concealability piece of this, which, I mean, they're still fairly large even when they're folded up and <clears throat> expensive. Um, as you shorten the barrel, the actual performance of the 5.56223 round goes down drastically. Um, you lose a lot of performance. You lose the tumble effect that makes that cartridge as effective as it is. Um, and I think... and you know, Crane, when they went ahead and, and did all the testing for the military in the early 2000s, when they were really pioneering um, this platform in widespread use, uh, you know, issuing it to units that were deploying, <coughs> excuse me, um, was that if you get lower than 10.3 inches in overall barrel length, you see a steep drop off in performance, very steep drop off. So that's what you typically see is 10 and a half inch, uh, 11 and a half and 12 and a half are actually getting pretty popular, but it doesn't make it any more deadly. Um, it actually doesn't even make it any more accurate. If anything, it makes it a little bit less accurate. Um, which is why you don't see a lot of these, uh, platforms being used with, uh, you know, ranged optics because it's not designed for ranged combat, um, or to reach out, you know, 500 yards and, and take down a, a target. It's designed to, you know, be compact. It's designed to be convenient when you're working in confined spaces. And it's, it's designed, you know, for short distances. Well, why does a normal citizen need something like this? Well, if you're defending your home, it's a lot easier to manipulate one of these uh, correctly, one of these pistol length weapons through things like a doorway, through... Um, you know, around obstructions in the home, around furniture, changing shoulders. It's a lot easier when your barrel is 10 inches versus 18, right? Sort of 10 and a half versus 18 or 10 and a half versus 16. Okay. Especially for, you know, maybe you're a woman, a single mother, um, maybe your husband travels for work a lot. There are people that opt for an AR platform weapon for home defense. Contrary to what the government was going to tell you and what they would love for you to believe, you, you can defend your home with more than a shotgun. And in fact, I would say that you probably should just for, you know, accuracy purposes and ammo considerations and capacity. I would 
probably recommend a pistol uh, or an AR over a shotgun. Um, and it just depends. I mean, if you have a shotgun, it it, it still works perfectly fine, but I, I digress. So what we're seeing is this attack now on braces because the ATF um, issued, if we back up a little bit, they issued over the winter an opinion letter trying to ban um trying to ban braces and the output the like the, the the gigantic pouring out of commentary and and public response was it overwhelmed their system so they withdrew that opinion letter and here's the thing here's here's where we really start to get into the part that, that irritates us as citizens right is the atf is a technically a law enforcement agency they are a regulatory agency of sorts um they are not a legislative agency, but the problem is, is they keep drafting these opinion letters, which they, I would say, questionably have the power and authority to do, um, to redefine what these different accessories are, and if they're legal, if they're not legal, if, you know, this is okay, but that's not okay. I mean, for instance, there's, we were talking about folding an AR up, right, something that folds up and gets stuck in a, in a backpack. Um, there's a company, Law Tactical which is kind of like the industry standard as a folding hinge that goes off the end of your lower receiver and your buffer tube. It allows you to fold the stock along the side of your AR. So it makes it much shorter in length, um, but then obviously like twice as wide. So could you fit in a backpack? Yeah. Is it going to be that covert? I don't really know. They would like you to believe so. Um, <clears throat> but so those became popular. And then there was an opinion letter issued about that. So now... When you're looking at does your AR pistol, ex, you know, complete that 26 inches of overall length so that you can put a vertical grip on it, they changed it. So, oh, it's not from the tip of the barrel to the end of the bumper tube because having that hinge there offers, you know, additional like inch or inch and a quarter of overall length. Now it's, oh, if it features a folding, uh, a folding adapter or a folding hinge, now it's from the tip of the threads in the barrel to the end of the receiver where that hinge starts. So it's kind of like they're moving the goalposts to make it easier for themselves to score and obviously harder for the opponents to score, um, which is not how it's supposed to work, right? The government is supposed to, uh, the government's supposed to react to the rights of the people. As a government agency, which the ATF is, their duty is to protect the people and enforce the laws that the people, that the people want, right? That, that we, we voted for these politicians who are in office and they voted in Congress in our interests, right? We knew what they stood for, so that's why we voted them in the office. They are, the ATF is not supposed to be a governing and legislating body and they're not supposed to be working against the rights of American citizens, which has basically become, <clears throat> basically, it, it's all they're good for, really. Um, personally, I think that's why they've been, they've gone so long without a um a confirmed director there's not been a a director of the atf in you know almost 10 years i feel like um it's been it's been quite a while and i'm sure there's been nominees and nominations or thoughts of nomination um but the problem is is uh, as divided as our country is especially over something as critical to our country and our our history and our origin and is as gun rights <clears throat> and and firearms ownership right because we as a country broke away from totalitarian rule from uh from england right by means of armed citizens 
right? This is, it's part of who we are as a country. And a lot of people will disagree with that and they'll want to be ultra liberal and say, oh, well, that's not true. You know, you're, you're a nationalist and a fascist if you think that way. And, and I mean, if you, if that's your opinion, then obviously we have uh, nothing else to talk about, but I think that's why we haven't had a confirmed director of the ATF in in so long is because <clears throat> no matter who you um, put on the table, say, here, this is who we want, this is our guy, the other side is going to say, no, that doesn't work for us. And now, right, we have David Chipman, uh, who is being, uh, who's going through the confirmation hearings with the, you know, the government. And honestly, I don't know if they could have picked a worse dude uh, if you're looking at it from a gun owner's perspective. Because uh, he's been on major boards of um, multiple, multiple programs, uh, corporations, groups, whatever, uh, that, that they're gun control advocacy groups, Giffords, and I can't remember what the other ones were. Uh, so he's very clearly biased, in a, and he's being nominated for a position where you cannot have bias. Your job is to interpret is, is to not interpret the laws to see your lens and your way of thinking. It is to enforce those laws. You're, I mean, so if the law's on the books, you're not the interpretation. The, the judicial system is the interpretation. You're carrying out law enforcement. That's it. That's where it starts and stops, okay, with a, with a specific focused lens on alcohol, tobacco, firearms, and explosives. I don't know that pistol braces are where your attention and effort is best focused <clears throat> because it's not you're not stopping much right um i was just actually watching the live feed from i think it was like two days ago uh t-rex arms podcast was talking about the same issue right and there was some statistic out there oh we confiscated twenty four thousand ghost guns that were linked to 324 homicides and that just goes to show you where the ATF's energy is being focused and how it's not really it's not really beneficial, right? I mean, at most at one gun per homicide, you know, so where's the other 23,600 and some odd firearms where do those come from? You know, and they're talking ghost guns and unserialized weapons, you know. It's the same thing with with pistol braces. I would be very interested to see the numbers and the statistics around homicides and violent crime carried out in this country with a, I would like to see AR platforms versus handguns and shotguns. But I would also like to see of those that were AR platforms, how many had a pistol brace and then how many were illegal SPRs or how many of them were just normal length. But those aren't, those aren't the numbers, the statistics that we get out of mainstream media because that doesn't support the narrative. Right, so they don't want to throw that out there. They want to make it look and appear as if this is the problem. It's like the aha, I figured it out. I solved the problem. There it is. There's the problem. Fix it. Take those braces away from those people. They don't need to have those. They and it doesn't. It doesn't work. All right. If you look at places that have the most restrictive legislation on things like ARs and uh, and firearms in general, right? California, for instance, is the most restrictive and oppressive state in the entire union when it comes to gun control laws, right? They have passed, I mean, so many laws on restrictions on angles of a pistol grip on an AR rifle, uh, having an adjustable stock, barrel length, 
all kinds of things that you can can't do and if you, oh if you do have a pistol grip and adjustable stock then you can only you can't have a detachable magazine and the internal magazine can only carry five rounds of ammunition and oh well how do you get the the magazine out? oh you have to use a bullet button which is some device that's installed on the lower that instead of pressing the actual magazine release on the side of the ar it's the button like within the button that you have to basically use like the tip of a pencil or a pen or another uh, round of ammunition to basically get that magazine to drop free basically increasing your reload time from you know something reasonable to like three minutes and the thought behind that is that though this way we'll never you know uh criminals can't reload criminals can't carry out uh you know mass shootings or, or mass violence because they'll only have five rounds and that's apparently where we draw the line and it just makes all kinds of sense except that it doesn't and it's actually it's probably going to go to the ninth circuit court of appeals um they just had that their assault weapons ban quote unquote struck down um in court rule in favor of uh <clears throat> gun rights so you know and, and of course like almost immediately thereafter the uh california democratic party uh petitioned for a, a stay of that ruling uh because they're going to try and get it reversed or overturned it's going to end up going to the supreme court but our, our legal system takes so long getting stuff there that it's you know, we can't afford to just let this stuff happen and then 10, 15 years later go, oh, wait, we want that. We want to have that back. That's why it's important right now to to reach out to the ATF and leave a comment, uh, to reach out to your senators, your state representatives, your local law enforcement officials, because this is happening all across the country to all of us. So, and, and what kills me is that you have people that, that look at this kind of thing. Well, I don't really get into the whole gear side of it. You totally lose me when you get to the gear side of it. Or I don't own an AR, so it, it, I don't care. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna worry about two A rights. I'm just gonna do what I want to do with my, you know, bolt action hunting rifle, my pump action shotgun. And but it, it doesn't stop there because if they succeed and they make all this shit illegal, and there's still gun violence, what are they going to do? Then they're just going to keep coming for what's left until there is nothing left. And at that point, then what stops the government from trampling on people's rights? Nothing. You know, there's a really good quote, um, I think, by Colonel Jeff Cooper. I think it's by by Cooper. It says, uh, <clears throat> owning, a, owning a rifle is what makes you a citizen, or turns you from a subject to a citizen. And I think that's um, elegant and poetic way of saying that uh, you can stand up for your rights, that you're, you're not a subject that has to listen without objection, right? You are a citizen. You are a part of the country, a part of whatever body, and the government is a re is representative of your needs and your wants, not the reverse, which is, you know, again, why we left uh, British rule. But <clears throat> back to the point at hand, pistol braces, it, it's just, it's another, it's a continuation in what we've, we've been seeing for probably the last 15 years of, um, well, honestly, since the Clinton assault weapon ban uh, sunset, uh, it's been a, a constant attack on two-way rights since that expired. You know, what What can we blame now? Ghost guns, uh, bump stocks, which got banned, and I think that actually got lifted and, and overturned, which 
I don't advocate for bump stocks anyways. And in general, people don't understand that auto fire, automatic fire, uh, rapid fire, all of that. It's not like you're pouring rounds down range uh, in a, a one inch group, right? It's incredibly difficult to be uh, accurate with rapid fire or, or full automatic fire, which people don't understand either. Um, they just assume that AR-15s are all full automatic fire and they're weapons of war and nobody needs them. And, oh, if you have a pistol brace on yours, that must mean that you're trying to do something awful with it because then you can carry something smaller around. And it's just, it's not the case. Just do the damn research, guys, you know? I mean, um, you know, I don't advocate, like I say, I don't advocate for bump stocks, but uh, from a legal standpoint, the more ground that we let the anti-2A uh, community, I guess, take on us from a, le from a legal standpoint, the, the harder it gets to come back from any of that. So things like SBRs, having to register suppressors, not silent, well, I mean, the patent says silencer, but silencers don't make it whisper quiet, and we've talked about that before, but that's a general misconception, mostly because of the media and Hollywood. They actually would make it safer for m most people who own firearms if we were able to own suppressors without having to pay an exorbitant amount of money for a tax stamp and then a waiting period and everything else that goes with it, right? But the government deemed these things to be apparently a, a, a public safety issue, thus we have the National Firearms Act. Um, and because of the NFA, <clears throat> we have a whole bunch of other issues that are now surfacing. Um, you know, even just talking about with pistol braces, right? There was a couple of years ago, it was a huge decision um, or opinion letter, one of the two, I don't know, that basically determined that, if I back up for a second, people were shooting with a pistol brace the same way they would with a rifle stock, right? And basically, we had an opinion letter released by the ATF saying, well, that's shouldering the rifle brace, and that's illegal. You can't do that. That makes you a felon, and you're committing a, a felonious act using uh, that that pistol brace that way. That's why there's there's a lot of products that are out on the market right now that either add like a back um, pad onto the the brace itself, or they provide rigidity and structure. Um, they have to be specifically marketed as uh, either for transportation and storage only, um, and there has to be like three different warnings on them saying that you know this does not make this device uh, a rifle stock or. Um, you know, improper use of, of this product, the, the manufacturer is not at fault. So there was this court decision or opinion letter, I can't remember which one of the two, that basically pointed out that shoulder the shoulder is the outside part of your, your upper arm and, and your shoulder joint. Where you place a stock is actually your chest. It's, it's like the pectoral muscle. Um, <clears throat> so technically you're not shouldering these braces when you fire it in the same manner that you would fire a rifle type uh, firearm. So then with that, we saw even more sales of pistol braces. We saw even more new firearms owners taking a second look at these people who before had only bought, you know, 16 inch uh, rifle uppers, or maybe it was like a 14 and a half inch. And then they put a muzzle device on it and had it welded and permanently attached so that it, it made the overall length then um, 16 inches. Those people, once this came out and go, oh, well, maybe I do want to get something a little bit shorter. And maybe I will look into a pistol brace now that I don't have this, this fear of uh, prosecution, like literally being prosecuted, hanging over your head because there was a legal announcement that 
that's not technically shouldering the brace. So that, that verbiage creates this legal loophole with the pistol braces. And now the government is essentially, well, some people in the government are upset because citizens are taking advantage of this and they're getting shorter firearms, shorter rifles, shorter whatever you want to call it, shorter weapons, technically firearm, I think is the, is the proper legal nomenclature. Um, it's a firearm, not a rifle, which it gets, I mean, obviously you're, you're talking about splitting hairs here. And like I said, they, they purposely, I think, make this uh, hard to navigate in hopes that you can be more easily prosecuted. Uh, it's like trying to, it, in my mind, it's, and, and I'm not a lawyer, so don't quote me on this, but it's kind of like a form of entrapment. You make it so uh, difficult to properly and successfully navigate the, the laws and the rules and the regulations that almost anybody that is brought up on charges, it's, it makes it you know, purposely easier to make those stick for the prosecutor because um, nobody knows the right and the wrong. And the fact that the ATF is being put in a position to make it this easy by just issuing opinion letters, they're even called opinion letters. Who empowered you to be the deciding body? Technically, nobody. You're not part of the judicial branch of government. The courts are. So they should be the ones making those decisions. And then we as the people accept those. We can elect politicians that would, you know, um, appeal those decisions and so on. And that's how our, our system of government works, right? So I think that this this ongoing assault by uh, basically the, the current sitting presidential administration, um, I, I don't really understand it given how many uh, firearms sales we've had. I know for the good portion of the lockdown last year, you could not get, and to some extent now even, you cannot get uh, AR pistol uppers and lowers. It's hard to find that stuff. Um, you're starting to see some of it come back into stock and everything, right? Because lockdown is ending, COVID is, dare I say, almost over. So they are starting to come back into stock, but a lot of people reached out and got those because they were concerned that they would not be able to get them. And if they needed something like that to defend themselves, they wanted to have it. And yes, they wanted it because it was in a smaller package. It would be easier to throw into a vehicle, uh, to get through a doorway, to get around corners. You know, in urban environments, you're not worried about distance, right? That's why the military switched from something like a 18 and 16 inch M16 to the shorter, like the 14 and a half inch M4, the Colt M4, as basically their standard issue, um, because you're not worried. There's not many places in the world where it's just wide open space and you're going to have to reach out hundreds and hundreds of yards to make a shot, right? Um, you're dealing with a lot more urban areas and urban considerations, which is less distance and needing to get through more doorways around more corners, um, you know, up and over stuff and under things. So that shorter length is advantageous for a lot of different reasons. <clears throat> but I digress. The The Biden administration has been, been coming after the 2A community uh, pretty heavy. Um, right now they're targeting uh, Missouri, <clears throat> who just passed a, a 2A Preservation Act, right? And um, what this would do is it, it doesn't actually conflict with federal gun laws. I think that's why they're, they're trying to fight it is because Obviously, the president can only pass federal laws and the states pass state laws. And we have a whole, you know, governmental system in place to work that out. But this this Preservation Act states that the state and local police won't be enforcing federal gun control laws that infringe on the right to keep and bear arms. Essentially, 
we talked about this on my last sit rep, right? We were seeing a lot of these two A sanctuary counties popping up in the country, like something like almost half the counties in the country are becoming sanctuary counties. Um, all this says is that it puts the onus of decision making on whether to enforce and or prosecute on local authorities rather than at the federal level. And I actually found this really good article on bearing arms talking about it. And it's funny because um, <clears throat> they're, the, the federal government, right, the, the sitting administration is really trying to fight this. And they're really trying to, to fight firearm ownership head on, right? Um, however, how funny is it um, that we have states that have legalized marijuana? It's not federally legalized yet but states have legalized it. So are you going to come after states that are allowing that? Or are you going to let that be? How about California? That is a sanctuary state for illegal immigrants. That's a big issue right now, too, with the southern border. I mean, I'm sure the president would love for it to not be a, a big issue right now. I'm sure he would love to just go away, and we're just going to tear down the wall because everything President Trump did was bad, by the way. Just for all the people out there that are under the misconception that only Democrats pushed gun control, we've actually seen more gun control under Republican presidents. Reagan was kind of the one that got the ball rolling. Um, Trump actually was the one that banned, signed the ban, the executive order banning bump stocks. So um, both sides of the aisle, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's all pretty stupid. Um, but like I was saying, California it was made themselves a sanctuary state at the state level, and the federal government didn't seem to have any problems with that when Obama was the president. We never heard about him uh, pushing back, saying, wait a minute, that violates all these federal laws we have about immigration and about becoming a citizen and paying taxes and how you be a, a positively contributing member of our society. Nobody pushed back on that. But here we are pushing back on a state trying to preserve constitutional rights to keep and bear arms. At some point, we need to just ask where the priorities lie and who the government's actually looking out for. You know, laws were made, laws were passed, limiting lengths on rifle barrels and, and all of that. So we, the people, found a way uh, within the letter of the law, obviously, to then have access to these shorter barreled firearms through pistol races because that's what we the people wanted access to so we play the game to win the game right i love that saying you gotta play the game to win the game we played by the rules right we accepted defeat saying that we couldn't have rifle barrels under a certain length without having to have them registered with the nfa well then we found that we could create pistol braces, thus classifying this not as a rifle, but as a pistol, allowing us to have our cake and, in fact, eat it too. And now the government's coming back around again, trying to re-police the issue, trying to come back and say, well, wait a minute, no, 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 you can't do that. We didn't want you to have that. Well, <clears throat> the fact that the government doesn't want you to have something is, in my mind, almost a good reason to look at it and say, why don't you want us to have this? Like I already said, it doesn't actually make the weapon more deadly or more accurate. It still requires the same amount of competency um, and skill to 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 work the, the weapons platform uh, to shoot accurately at any kind of distance. Um, and we talked about the ammunition and the limitations that it has. So I really don't understand why why this be, is is a reoccurring issue, right? The the, the debate on 
pistol braces keeps coming back up. The debate on magazine capacities keeps coming back up. The debate on background checks, how they need to be longer, or proposals on things like taxes. That stuff I don't get because you're only punishing the people that pay taxes. You're only punishing the people that follow the law, right? I.e. not criminals. And we're passing these laws with the promise of eliminating crime, uh, knocking down the criminal activity, right? They're not going to listen anyways. And most of these firearms are gotten through illegal means. I think that what what really irritates me, though, the most uh, through through all this looking at this is we still have people, our own, our fellow countrymen, uh, our fellow citizens, that would still look at us and say, well, you need to prove to me why you need something like that. And if you can, if you do, then it's just, it becomes, there's, then there's the next issue on the list, right? So things like, what? okay, so why do you need a pistol brace? You're not a disabled veteran. What do you possibly need that for? Well, because I want to... I want to run a a shorter barreled weapon to defend my home or uh, my vehicle or, or myself with whatever. Well, why do you need that? Okay, well, if you want to get technical about it, because it allows me to easier, more easily manipulate the firearm. Okay, I can drop the barrel down and swing through a doorway. I can swing over furniture, and and the weight manipulation is a lot easier with something with a shorter barrel that's less weight for me or a smaller framed person like a woman to have to control, have to manipulate. And also having the pistol brace on there allows you to carry it like a pistol. You can keep it loaded in your vehicle, ready to go whenever you need it. To, whenever you need it. Okay, and again, we saw <clears throat> a lot of this shit blow up across the country last summer, riots, whatever, being able to just secure your safety could have, and I'm sure in some instances, given all the stupid shit that was going on, I'm sure somebody or, or probably hundreds of somebody's did the same thing. They grabbed their AR pistol, which is legally loaded in their vehicle, and they took off with it to get to, get to safety, get themselves out wherever the fuck was going on into some place where they knew they didn't have to worry about being shot at, have a rock thrown at them, being attacked and kicked and beaten in the street because of the color of their skin, because they were wearing a red hat that somebody thought said, make America great again, or maybe just a red hat and people didn't stop and take enough time to look, or maybe just because they were there, just because of everything going on, they were a target of opportunity, right? We are entitled to protect ourselves. That's, that's a right. It's not something that we can debate in court. That's not something that we can argue about over a beer. That is an innate human right. And I understand not every, unfortunately, not every place in this world uh, allows for that to be true. But here in the United States, that is a fact. We all have the right to protect ourselves and protect our families. That's why the Second Amendment was put in place by our founding fathers to guarantee that we always had arms to, to repel a invading force right? <clears throat> to defend ourselves against tyrannical government and to defend ourselves in general. It was something that was put in place because they came from someplace, Britain, where that wasn't a right. That wasn't something that you had free access to. And look at look at the UK, look at Europe now, right? They still have very, very limited access to firearms and very, very limited access to means to defend themselves. You cannot even own a locking pocket knife in, in the UK, that's how far they have fallen 
when you look at personal rights to self-defense. And it's probably not going to get any better anytime soon. And that's because the government took a very liberal approach to this and said, we're just going to keep making stuff. We're going to keep making shit illegal until crime goes away. And then it didn't. Criminals just found new ways to rob you, new ways to beat you. Terrorists found new ways to kill people. Hey, you took away the guns. Yeah, it's harder to get guns. So what did we do? We drive a van into a cafe in France and kill 50 people or injure 50 people, whatever the case was. In either event, it's obviously not good. And their message still got through and the ill intent they had was still carried out, right? Didn't stop anything. Didn't solve the issue. It just meant that you know whoever was going to die that day or whoever was going to get hurt that day didn't get shot. They got ran over or they got blown up or they got you know, shredded by shrapnel from a pipe bomb or from a a pressure cooker that was turned into a bomb or one of a a thousand other ways people find to do evil things in this world. It absolutely blows my mind that we are still having these conversations about why guns and more specific to this conversation, why something as trivial as an accessory to a firearm can, can still be something that we're arguing about this in a day and age where we have made so many advancements and come to so many common sense realizations. We're still fighting over this. And it's honestly mostly just for political gain. At this point, I am convinced most politicians on the left, they just campaign on gun control because that's what Democrats do. Not because they are educated on the subject. In fact, we've seen a lot of them demonstrate uh, through multiple quotes, people like Nancy Pelosi and uh, you know Diane Feinstein have made so many comments about firearms that are so so inaccurate that you, you you know that they've never even cracked a book on the subject. They're just spouting off information that they've heard somewhere or they believe to be true. And those of us that are actually educated on these issues uh, know to be just outrageously false. But if you're not educated on it, you're just going to hear this and you say, "Yeah, they're great." Oh, I love I love Diane Feinstein. I think Nancy Pelosi is so great. She would never lie to me, or she would never come out here and say something that wasn't you know well read and well educated on, would she? Yeah, they would, because they're pandering to the masses for constant reelection. And the worst ones are the ones who have been the career politicians. So it really does seem <clears throat> that we're now starting to focus on issues just for the sake of getting some people reelected, not for the sake of actually protecting people's rights or bettering the position of people's lives in the United States of America. Getting back to pistol braces, that's just that's just one item, right? Um, you could look at it's the exact same thing with things like suppressors. Uh, it's the exact the entire NFA. I mean, I'm not saying that we should all be able to have belt fed fully automatic weapons, and I believe that there should be some regulation on explosives. I really do. I think that I'm not without, you know, some kind of uh, moral direction that, that points me at something like that and says, yeah, not everybody should be able to, to access plastic explosive or, or dynamite or nitroglycerin. I think that some controlled substances are, are best left controlled for certain reasons. Um, but I, I really think that it's oversold on how big of an issue this is. Uh, and I think that we as a uh, 2A community need to push back, uh, protect things like bump stocks, protect, protect things like standard capacity magazines. And I, I say standard capacity because the media calls them all high capacity magazines. And that's really not the issue. They just remarket it and to make it look like it holds more than what is uh, commonsensical or more than what is you know needed by any kind of normal man, right? Pistol braces are... Uh, it's a legal loophole that we as gun owners found to 
basically uh, keep living <laughs> freely within the lines that were drawn by the system. And they didn't like that. And when I say they, I mean the ATF. The ATF didn't like that. So now they're coming out with more opinion letters. They're trying to issue this. And basically, if we abide by this, right, if we don't write the comments, if we don't reach out to our elected officials to press back on this, if we allow people like David Chipman to be appointed as the director of the ATF, then this worksheet that's, you know, is just the, the foundation work for saying, oh, if you reach uh, number four on any of these, this worksheet for any of these categories because of whatever accessories and features that your AR pistol has, then, you know, your brace is illegal and you have to make it, you know, it's forcing you into the NFA then, then that's just one step closer to getting all braces made illegal and eventually again, you know, pushing us back to the point where we only have the firearms that the, the government deems okay for us to have. That's why it kills me, you know, like I was saying earlier, people would say, oh, why do you need that? Or the other argument I get a lot is, oh, you really think you people, and I, I love that you people, are going to fight back against the government if they decide to roll in here with tanks? Like, well, you know, obviously fighting a tank is a different story, but that's a whole different road I'm not going to go down. Okay, that's just a little bit idiotic to think that, you know, we would go to war over this and our own government would sooner uh, run everything over with tanks and blow everything to hell uh, just in the name of winning rather than even having a country left to come back and, and govern. But that's not what we're talking about. I digress. So <clears throat> it, it's important. I, I do strongly urge you to uh, reach out to your state representatives. And you don't know who it is. I didn't know who some of mine were, right? So Google's your friend. Reach out to your state representatives. Reach out to your state senators. Reach out to your local government. Okay. Um, and yes, go to the ATF website and fill out the comments card. Oh, it's going to put me on a list. You're probably already on a list. If you're listening to this, you're probably on a list. If you watch half the videos on YouTube that we all watch, you're on a list somewhere. If you own a pistol that has to be registered because it's a pistol, a law I have no problem with, by the way. Yeah, drop that little card off at your local uh, law enforcement office to let them know that you now have a, a pistol on the premises or another pistol in some cases, right? You're on a list for that. So let's not act like, you know, exercising your, your voice as a citizen is going to put you on a list and put you in some kind of less than advantageous position where your doors are kicked in by the, the government. It's, that's just that I will say, I know I say a lot of, you know, jacked up shit on this podcast, um, but even I will say that that's just a little bit paranoid and that you should 110% feel comfortable voicing your opinion as a citizen of this country. Technically, these people work for you as a taxpayer. So um, hopefully this has at least been a little bit informative. This is something that I really uh, am upset that we still have these issues with. I own an AR pistol. I think that um, it operates within the law. I think it allows citizens a legal way to access means to protect themselves that we should have, but for you know for reasons beyond most of our control right now, we don't. Um, I, I think that we are entitled to those. I don't think that the ATF is uh, should be allowed to just issue an opinion letter and change the landscape of firearms ownership anytime they damn well please. That I believe is unconstitutional. If you disagree with me, well, tough shit. It's my podcast. So <laughs> um, until next time, you guys uh, get out there, enjoy this lovely summer weather, enjoy life now that COVID is, uh, you know, kicking rocks and getting the hell out of here.
And uh, like we always say, get out there, train, and be prepared.